Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm sure all of us would like to get rich, and we want to do that as quickly and easily as possible. If we're being honest with ourselves, that's the goal that most people have investing in the stock market today. We all want to grow wealth. We all want to get rich. Around two years ago, I uploaded my first video to YouTube. It was about my stock portfolio and my plans on growing it over time. I continued to do this every week, allowing others to view my journey in building wealth. My strategy was simple. I invested in what I believed are great companies and growing industries that over time will give good returns to their investors. That is the slow track to wealth creation, compounding money steadily year after year by continually investing back into quality stocks. That's what I've been preaching on my channel, and that's what I've been doing. But what I've learned in recent months is that I've been doing this all wrong. I've been doing it wrong the entire time. I've been wasting years of time with this strategy. A wave of new investors have entered the market over the past year, and they have the true way to build wealth. Their way is better. It's simpler. It's faster. And it's much easier. And it comes with zero downside risk. Zero risk involved. And they're kind enough to share this advice with us. So in today's episode, we're going to review some of these new excellent strategies that these new investors have found. Now, this was first brought to my attention by Bloomberg. Bloomberg is a well-respected financial journal. It says stocks, Bitcoin, and more. Unusual ways Americans are planning to use their $600 stimmy. They're calling it a stimmy. That's, I guess, what the kids are calling their stimulus money, a stimmy. Stimulus checks will provide a financial lifeline to millions of Americans as they reel from the economic devastation brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. But some recipients have kept their jobs and income and are able to cover the critical monthly expenses such as rent, utility bills, and debt payments. For them, the $600 checks represent an opportunity to boost their savings, spend on non-essential goods, or buy stocks. On TikTok, where young investors have turned for investment advice, videos on how to turn your stimmy into thousands of dollars are making the rounds. Now, if you're not familiar with TikTok or you're one of the few people in the world that hasn't downloaded the app, it's one of the most viral video apps in the world being downloaded over 1.5 billion times. That's a lot of downloads. This is a company that has made Facebook a little bit nervous. Now, TikTok has also become one of the centers of sharing financial advice. And that's where we get into this new way of investing. Now, the first video we'll look at is one of the most popular. On Twitter alone, it has over 2 million views and has even more on TikTok. Just for some comparison, over the past two years, my most popular video has 425,000 views. So getting 2 million views is very impressive. There's a lot of people listening to his advice. So let's go ahead and listen to what he has to say. And I know trading sounds intimidating. Here's my strategy in a nutshell. I see a stock going up and I buy it and I just watch it until it stops going up and then I sell it and I do that over and over and it pays for our whole lifestyle. I know what you're thinking. Why didn't I think of that? That's such a simple strategy. And he's able to pay for his entire lifestyle with the strategy. As he said, he's paying for his lifestyle. All he does is he looks for stocks that are going up. He buys them. And then he looks into the future. And before they go down, he sells them. It's a very simple strategy, something that we can all learn to do. Now, he also goes on to explain the benefits of being able to do this and the freedom that it gives them. So let's go on 
and listen to the rest of this little TikTok. Um, if you're wondering how much you can make doing this, in this month, I turned about 400 into 14,000. And in this month, I turned less than 1,000 into 20,000. Look at these returns. He turned less than $1,000 into 20000 with that very simple strategy. And that's something that everybody can do. It's that simple. I don't know why the whole world hasn't been doing this up until now. And honestly, my favorite part about this isn't even the amount of money you can make, but just the fact that we don't have to go to a nine to five job. Yeah, we can focus on things that we actually enjoy doing. So if you have friends that like want to make money from home, you can tag them or send them a link. Or if you make money this way, share it in the comments so other people know like there's more people doing this now. And then there's the sales pitch. They're living their best life. They're not working the eight to five. They don't worry about making an income. They just turn 1,000 into 20,000 every month. It's simple as that. They buy a stock that's going up. If it's going up, that's good. If it's going down, that's bad and they sell it and they just rinse and repeat. This is new information. This is how you can make riches in the market very simply and very easily. Another thing I'll point out is he does mention in this video, it pays for his whole lifestyle. Turning 1,000 into 20,000 is really how they're paying for their lifestyle. He says it right here. I do that over and over and it pays for our whole lifestyle. I wonder why, if he's able to pay for his entire lifestyle by turning stocks from 1000 into 20000 in one month, why he needs to mention his Robinhood share link, where he earns money for everybody that signs up under it. So basically, I just trade stocks on an app called Robinhood, which I left a link in our bio if you want to check it out. It's free to download, free to sign up. They actually give you a free stock, so they're paying you to sign up. Um, but again, not sponsored. Interesting that he needs to mention that when his stocks are paying for his entire lifestyle. Now, I know what you're thinking. This old-fashioned way of investing, buying good companies and holding them as they grow their earnings and they return value to shareholders, that's not fun anymore. This new way that he's talking about, this new TikTok investing, is a lot quicker. It sounds a lot more fun. With Disney, I earned $3,000 with that, but that took a few months at least. That was a company that I, I really had a good opportunity, but even then, I'm not turning 1000 into twenty. Even some of my best buys like Apple that I've made $8,900 have taken the better part of two years to earn these returns. They're good gains, but it's not money earned in one month. This is money that's taken a while to earn. So why don't I jump into what he's doing? He has it figured out. He's turning $1,000 into 20 in one month's time. That sounds a lot more appealing to me. Well, I thought maybe before jumping into his strategy, I might look at some other strategies on TikTok because these guys seem to really know something. They really do. I might take a look at another strategy. Here's someone else that shared something I thought was very intriguing. This is the stock market versus real estate, and it highlights an important aspect of real estate that the stock market is missing. Here's the difference between investing in the stock market versus real estate. One hour, you could be feeling good, and then you're down, and then you're up, and then you're down. I mean, this could be every minute or every second, just like that. He highlights that the stock market goes up and down. Um, now, the other guy that we just listened to, he would just say, right here is when you buy, and right here is when you sell. And just, it's, it's very simple. You just look into the future. Whenever a stock is here, you buy, and whenever it's here, you sell, and you do that over and over again. But this guy has an entirely different strategy, and he highlights the differences between real estate and stocks. So let's go ahead, let him finish this video. It's like you're laying at the hospital bed, they monitor your heartbeats, and you don't know when the game will be over. Come on, man, she. Now here's real estate. With real estate, you start here, and then it'll just slowly, slowly go up like that. This, you can have a peace of mind and actually go to sleep with. This, you don't know. And therein lies the difference. Real estate, unlike the stock market, 
only goes up. It never goes down. It goes from point A to point B, and it's a direct linear path upwards. The stock market goes up and down, but real estate just goes up. It's risk-free return. There's no downside to it. So you can sleep easy at night. You don't have to worry about that stock market and companies' values going up and down like a heartbeat. Real estate is just risk-free money. This is the type of advice we're getting on social media now. This is the type of people informing 30,000 people, 50,000 people, millions of people. And it is a statistical certainty that out of that many people, there is a group that will believe them. That is the problem with the new influx of investors. Even though to most of us, this is a joke. And clearly this advice is terrible and factually false. There is a group of people that's going to believe it. And that's what I see the problem is with these type of videos. Seeing that real estate only goes in one direction and it's risk-free. What does he think of the financial crisis in 07? Saying to millions of people that investing is as simple as looking at stocks that go up and buying them and then selling them right before they go down and you can get returns like $20,000 a month is not only not factual, it's ridiculous. And then saying that you're funding your lifestyle solely based off these investments right after pumping your affiliate links for Robinhood is incredibly misleading. I think that many new TikTok investors have gone from innocent and naive, sharing poor advice, to things I think that are manipulative and predatory. Here's another example. This is more of the great content on TikTok. This lady's informing us how she turned $1 into 4000 in three hours and how you can do it too. If you're watching this video is because you saw my last video and you're trying to figure out how I made turn $1 into 4000 So I'm going to show you. So I went into this page. This was the first thing I saw. So negative means sell. I went into the charts and I predicted that it was going to drop the same way it came up about a day ago. Um, and that's exactly what happened. But unfortunately for us, that's where the sales pitch ends. In order to get more information on how she does this strategy, we have to direct message her on Instagram. That's what she instructs everybody that comments to do. Direct message me on Instagram, and that's where you get more information on how she turns $1 into 4000 And they're not the only ones getting rich very quickly on TikTok. There's others that have used a lot more direct strategies to get rich. Here's a TikTok account called Risk In It All. And I do appreciate that he is acknowledging that there's risk in what he's doing. He's telling people up front about that. Every single penny I have is getting invested in Bitcoin. All this money, Bitcoin. All this gold, can I turn it into Bitcoin? All these credit cards, I have zero balance on all these credit cards. I'm gonna freaking cash them out, turn all the money onto Bitcoin. All this, everything, everything I have, I'm putting on Bitcoin and we're going to see if what happens, I could be destroying myself or I could be making myself a winner. So he's transforming all of his cash, his gold, and even a bunch of credit cards that he has open. He's showing us how many credit cards he has that have no debt on him. And he's going to take that line of credit, use credit card kiting to transform that into cash, and then use all of it to buy Bitcoin because he's using the strategy that the first guy talked about. He's watching Bitcoin go up and he's buying it, and then hopefully before it goes down, he'll sell it. Bitcoin has been skyrocketing, and it's time for me to risk my entire life savings. Is this stupid? Am I going to lose it all, be homeless, or am I going to turn into like a millionaire? The time for moderate gains is gone. We live in a world of either being completely rich, a millionaire, 
or being homeless. We live in a world where we can turn $1 into $4,000 in a matter of hours, where we can turn $1,000 into $20,000 on a monthly basis and fund our whole lifestyle with it. That is the new financial realm. Stocks go up two times over a weekend, four times over a weekend, 1,000% gains, 5,000% gains. Now, I realize that what I'm doing is probably no longer the popular thing to be doing. Building a portfolio that's centered around productive companies that compound their growth over time and give gradual returns to investors, that's no longer the hot thing to do online. Everybody wants a 1,000% returns a day. They want to buy into Bitcoin and see their money double. They want to go into the next hot, flashy, shiny investment. But in my opinion, the best way to grow wealth over time remains the same. Buying productive assets and watching them compound their growth over long periods of time. I don't think that this has changed. And I intend on doing the exact same thing going forward. I think my portfolio has a collection of some of the best assets in the world, some of the most productive companies with the best futures. For instance, in the consumer category, I have Disney, Costco, Home Depot, and Nike as some of my biggest, most concentrated bets. Disney's a company that I think is growing rapidly. The parks are going to eventually open back up. That'll make Disney's operating income return. And in the meantime, they're growing their subscribership by the millions. They're growing it every single quarter. I think within two or three years, Disney could catch up or surpass Netflix in the amount of subscriberships they have. And they not only have Disney Plus, but they have Hulu, they have Star, they have ESPN. They have a lot of online properties in a highly scalable business. And then they have a parks business that only helps their operating income. So Disney's a company I think has a lot of things going for it. Costco's another one that I have a large bet on. This is a company that It's very stable, it grows steadily, it has a huge growth path, it's a subscribership business, and I think that there will be a continual concentration of retail, and the biggest companies like Costco will get the biggest part of the pie. Home Depot and Nike are both companies that Amazon cannot compete with. Amazon can't compete with Home Depot, they have too much contract business, they sell products that people like to buy in person, and their network has created a huge moat. So Home Depot is a company I think continues to have a huge growth path. And then Nike has brand value, that no other company can compete with. It has a long-standing history. Nike shoes have become ingrained in our culture, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. Between these four companies, I think we have some of the best retailers in the world and some of the companies that can expand and scale to the biggest size. I've renamed some of the categories. One of them was tech. I turned this into tech and cloud computing and rearranged my holdings to make them more clear. In tech and cloud computing, I have Apple, IGV, which is an expanded tech software ETF, and then I have Microsoft. I think that these are some of the best dividend growth companies and some of the best companies in the world regardless. Apple's a fantastic company. I was criticized very heavily buying into Apple that it was too expensive, that it was at all-time highs, that it had a big run-up. And here I am earning tremendous amounts of return on this one holding. I'm up $9,000 with the total value being $25,000. So I originally invested about $16,000, and that's turned into $25,000. It didn't happen in four hours, but it has happened over the past few months. IGV gives me exposure to a lot of cloud companies, a lot of companies that are making the backbone of the internet, and it does pay dividends quarterly, and it continually grows that as these companies grow over time. And then Microsoft's obviously one of the best holdings to have. It has exposure in gaming, in cloud computing, and lots of office software, and I think that everybody should have Microsoft in their portfolio. 
Like some of the other categories, I renamed the finance pie to fintech and banking to make it more explicit of what it's talking about. In the fintech and banking pie, we have JP Morgan as my largest holding. This is a company that I think both offers fintech qualities and banking qualities. JP Morgan has acknowledged the big threat of Square and PayPal. Jamie Dimon said that he's scared because of these companies. He's concerned about them and he intends to compete fiercely with them. He's investing so much money in technology, and he plans on winning this battle. That's the talk that he's giving. He's not taking his competition lightly. JP Morgan has billions of dollars in net income that they can funnel into development to build out technology, to build out that aspect of their company. So this is one that I think is a good bet. It offers dividends and buybacks and capital appreciation. Visa and MasterCard are two companies that I've held for a while. I'm actually in the green by about... $500 on Visa and about $300, $400 on MasterCard. The reason that the returns right here are lower is because I shifted them out of my tech pie. The display of the gains are reset when you do that. So these used to be in my tech pie. I shifted them into the finance and fintech pie to make them more accurately organized. So they're in the fintech and banking pie. Visa and MasterCard, I think, are both fintech companies. They're technology-based companies that work with finance. Visa had some... I think disappointing news that they couldn't purchase Plaid. That was going to be a huge acquisition for them. So they're not going to be able to do that. But this company is still a great company nonetheless. And then the last one I have here is T. Rowe. This is a smaller holding. It's a very steady dividend payer. It has no debt. It's a great company, but it's not growing at an incredible rate. This isn't one of these companies that I think is going to grow massively. It's just going to be a steady payer. So this one has obviously performed very well. I've had some good gains with it, but I'm not adding a lot to T. Rowe. In the next category, we have real estate. Real estate has been one of the categories that struggled the most because I have $20,000 invested in it. And I've had a lot of money in real estate over the past two years, and it's only gained $1,200. Because in March, when the market crashed, real estate crashed harder than anything else. People didn't want to own anything doing with real estate or retail. I've done some things to simplify my real estate holdings. I've kept store capital and Realty Income Corp. I sold off Well Tower and I'm keeping Simon Property. I think that Simon Property does have a recovery story and it has been making significant gains in its recovery. In fact, if I filter by the past 90 days, here's the gains. This is what it looks like in the past 90 days. It's recovered 42%. So Simon Property is recovering, but overall I'm still in the red. Now the next category is one I'm very excited to introduce as a brand new one to the passive income account. So this is a new category and it's video games, video gaming as an industry. I've always known that this is a growing industry. In fact, two years ago, I made a video called Why I Don't Buy Gaming Stocks. And in it, I explained that I play video games, I like playing video games, and I realized that it's a growing industry, but I don't know how to approach the investment. There's so many different gaming companies. Some of them are privately held, some of them are in China, some are in Japan and South Korea, and the industry as a whole is very fractured. So it's really difficult to put together an investment that gets exposure to the entire gaming industry. With all these OTC stocks, all these companies in China and South Korea and Japan and the US, it'd be very difficult to accurately get exposure to it. Well, now there's an easy way to do that, and it's through an ETF. ESPO 
is VanX Video Gaming ETF. This gives you exposure to big companies like Tencent, Nintendo, Take-Two Interactive, Activision Blizzard, EA Games, all the big game developers, but it also gives you exposure to a lot of mobile game developers, lots of them that make mobile games in China, which is a huge growing industry. It gives you exposure to lots of streaming websites that stream video games, and it gives you exposure to hardware makers like AMD and Nvidia. So this gives you exposure to all the different companies in the gaming industry that form this entire industry. And unlike years past, gaming used to be an industry that was difficult to monetize. Game developers would come out with a game, they would make money by selling the game for a lot of money, and then they'd be done, and they'd have to make a new video game. It was somewhat like Disney's business model. They would make a big blockbuster film, they would sell it for a billion dollars in the box office, and then they'd have to make another movie. Well, Disney came up with Disney+, Plus, a better monetization method, a better business model for pushing out their product. The gaming industry is doing the same thing. It's no longer game developers creating a game and then selling it for one-time sale. Now they do microtransactions. Now they do season passes. Now they do subscriptions yearly to different gaming platforms. They are monetizing their games a lot more efficiently than years past. And I see this continuing. And unlike a lot of other hot industries that have really blown up over the past year, like healthcare companies and genomics, like renewable energies, like electric vehicles, like fintech companies, I see the gaming industry as a really growing industry that still doesn't have a lot of chatter around it. I don't hear a lot of discussion about video games. So this is one that I'm happy to start investing in and building a stake in it, because I think that video games will continue to grow even if we get rid of coronavirus. Even if we have this virus gone, I see long-term growth in video games. Now, moving on, we have healthcare. I've also simplified my healthcare holdings. I no longer have AbbVie. I sold that one for about a $600 profit, and I put that money in VHT and EDOC. This is 80% VHT, which is the Vanguard Healthcare ETF, and then 20% EDOC, which is more focused on healthcare companies that are digital, like communication healthcare companies. So between these two, I think you get good exposure to the entire healthcare industry as a whole. Vanguard focuses on the big pharmaceutical companies like J&J and AbbVie and Merck and Pfizer, and EDOC focuses more on these up-and-coming telecommunication type of companies that work within the healthcare industry. So I have exposure to both of these. And the reason that I'm not picking any individual healthcare companies is like I've said many times, I'm not a healthcare expert. I don't really know how to do analysis on these companies to the level that I think is necessary. So to protect myself from my own ignorance of investing in healthcare companies, I'm just not going into them individually. Unless I have a specific company that I really feel like I know inside and out, I'm not going to be putting money into it individually. So the companies that I'm putting big bets on individually are ones that I understand, like Disney and Costco and Apple and Microsoft. Those are companies that I understand their business model. I don't quite understand pharmaceutical companies as much, so I'm going to leave that to ETFs. The next category is telecom. And in telecom, I also simplified this category. I have one holding and you guessed it, it's AT&T. I sold out of Verizon and I kept AT&T. Now you might ask, why did I sell Verizon and not AT&T? The reason I sold Verizon, even though I sold it at a slight profit, was because Verizon doesn't have a tremendous amount of growth ahead of it. It's pretty saturated. There's not much room for growth in telecom. There's T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon that are all competing for the same customers. The only way that they really gain customers is by taking it from one of the others. And they just do that over and over again. So I see Verizon as a company that has very limited amounts of growth. It has no streaming service. It has nothing in it that can scale infinitively. But AT&T does have a streaming service. It has something that can really scale 
to 50 million users, 100 million users, 200 million users. Streaming services can scale like crazy. And with Warner Media announcing that they're putting all their movies direct to streaming on HBO Max, I have a feeling that HBO Max may gain a lot of subscribers over this year. And I want to see that play out. So I'm holding on to AT&T on the assumption that HBO Max will gain a lot of subscribers. If that happens, I'll keep this holding. But over 2021, if HBO Max never gains traction, if the company just can't grow their streaming service and they still have $200 billion of debt, I'm going to sell out of this holding because that's the only part of this company that I think will grow significantly. If HBO Max doesn't grow at all, I see it as a pretty stagnant company. And I think this money could be better used in other places like Disney or Costco or other companies that are still growing year over year. But as of right now, I'm optimistic on HBO Max's growth. And we're going to see how it does in just a few days. The next category used to be named utilities, and I changed the name to renewable and clean energy because that's really what it was. They were all utility companies, but I realized the ones that I held, Next Era and Dominion, were all clean energy companies or renewable. So I changed the name to reflect that, plus I added in two ETFs called TAN and ICLN. And these are just basic cookie cutter clean energy ETFs. So if you want clean energy ETFs and renewable energy, TAN focuses on solar companies, ICLN focuses on clean energy. Now these have gone up a lot over the past year, so I'm not inclined right now to pour money in them. I only put $500 into each of them. They may continue to race up like they have, but in my opinion, I think they're I think they're pretty high priced. So I plan on just leaving them at very small holdings right now and focusing on ones that I think are a little bit cheaper. Right now, I think Dominion Energy is probably the cheapest, but all of these are clean energy or renewable companies. So I'm glad to have them in my portfolio. Now, the last category in my portfolio is also a new one called restaurant slash delivery. These are either going to be restaurant companies or ones that focus on delivery. And for longtime viewers, you may recognize this company, Texas Roadhouse. This used to be in my portfolio in 2019. I sold out of it to focus on other companies. But Texas Roadhouse has been through a lot in that amount of time. The stock price tanked in March when everything sold off, and it's since recovered to all-time highs. Now, I want to own a piece of this business. The issue is it's pretty expensive right now. Like I said, it's at all-time highs, but it's a good business, and it has a long growth path ahead of it. And they're also launching multiple restaurants outside of their main brand, Texas Roadhouse. And I did an entire video on the bull case of Texas Roadhouse just a couple days ago on my secondary channel. If you haven't subscribed to this, check it out. It's Joseph Carlson After Hours, and it has a different style of videos. They're longer and more in-depth, and I dive into specific companies like Texas Roadhouse. After I did this one, a lot of people said that they went out and ate at this restaurant because they watched the video, and it made them hungry for Texas Roadhouse. So you can check this one out. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. It's a lot of fun to do. Now, in terms of this one, over the long term, Texas Roadhouse, I want to build it up to be a core holding, but I'm not going to do that until they reinstate their dividend. They froze their dividend currently because of the coronavirus and because of the circumstances, but they have the financial situation right now to be paying a healthy dividend. Their Texas Roadhouse restaurants are doing great. They could be paying out that dividend. So in the meantime, I'm going to continue to dollar cost average into it. Even if it's trending downwards, I'll buy more and more of it. And hopefully over the upcoming year, they decide to reinstate their dividend because Texas Roadhouse has been a long-term dividend paying company. So that's it. That's my entire portfolio right now. That's the changes I'm making for 2021. Overall, I'm very satisfied with the gains this have been making with the passive income. In the past week, I've gained $3,000 in gains. In the past quarter, the past 90 days, that's $1,000 earned in dividends and $19,000 earned overall. That's a pretty good past 90 days, a 13% return. And then in the past year, 
I've earned 19% gains, $22,000 in returns, and $3,500 in dividends. So everything is growing with this account. The passive income through dividends, the market gains, I'm earning all of it through this account. So it's been really fun to do. If you want to see my entire portfolio, all my holdings, you can click on this link, view my portfolio. I updated it to reflect all my new holdings and the weight on them. So you can look at that if you want to go through each and every one of my holdings. So that's it for now. I'll continue to keep you guys updated week by week of how this thing performs, of the slow, steady growth of income, the slow, steady growth of capital gains. I want to have that over long periods of time. If you came here looking for serious advice on how to get rich quick, I'm sorry for clickbaiting you, but this is not a get rich quick channel. This is a channel where we focus on building long-term wealth safely over long periods of time. If you want to take shortcuts and try to get rich quick, I would be careful because I think you might end up getting burned. And in my opinion, I don't think it's worth it. With that, I'll see you guys next time.